it, it's great for the diversification of manufacturing. I mean, women are wired differently than men, and I think that they bring a different aspect to the manufacturing thought process. And all, all your employees know what's going on. They listen to the news at night. They know what their peers are doing. They know people are getting laid off. It's a painful, painful thing to go through to lay off people. Uh, believe me, I've had to do it before. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. I'm Jason Zenger. And I'm Jim Carr. And welcome to episode four of e Making Chips. Yep. I am in the studio here with my friend, co-host, and the bulletproof manufacturer, Jim Carr. Hey, Jason. What's up? I'm, we're recording a podcast. That's what's up. That's great. <laughs> So, Jim, very briefly, as briefly as you can, what do we do here at Making Chips? Uh, Making Chips, we're just here. We're, we're here to give back to our manufacturing peers, let them know that uh, they're not alone in this struggle, in this daily grind that we all live in. We're just here to share our work experiences and what we've known through the last 5, 10, 30 years that we've experienced in uh, manufacturing. That is exactly what we are doing. We are equipping manufacturing leaders. So last episode, we talked about what to do before the recession hits. And during this episode, we are going to talk about what to do during the recession. Right. So let's think back. We're in a recession. Uh, I'm not happy. No, let's go have a drink. Yeah, let's do it. Well, it, it might solve your problems for about uh, 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but then after that, that, the next morning's not going to be as uh, happy. You're not going to be as happy. No, it's not. Uh, before we get into the meat of this podcast, I've got a manufacturing news story that I thought was really interesting. Really? Tell us. Yeah, it, it talks about women in manufacturing. I know that I know a lot of women in manufacturing, actually, and I know you probably know a lot of the same peers that, that I know. And I'll tell you what, the, the stigma of women being in the manufacturing industry... I don't see it anymore. I would agree with that. I would say it's slow to evolve. I, I think it's a it's a it's a good thing to to, to evolve and, and make to come to fruition. I think we need more. We're we're dying to get new people into our industry, and I think women have a, a very good threshold of what they can do. I mean, it's a highly technical, highly advanced, hi, highly intelligent industry, and we need more smart people, regardless of gender in our industry today. Absolutely, and um, you know, it, it's great for the diversification of manufacturing. I mean, women are wired differently than men, and I think that they bring a different aspect to the manufacturing thought process, and, and I think it's great. So couldn't, I could not agree with you more. Yeah, so the article talks actually about, um, it kind of takes, uh, you know, uh, uh, not exactly just about women in manufacturing, but also about how people who have gotten a degree in a certain industry having nothing to do with manufacturing are um, actually looking to become technically trained in the manufacturing industry because even though ironically we're talking about a recession we are actually experiencing a manufacturing renaissance and there is a lack of 
good people for manufacturing jobs for certain certain positions. Absolutely. And I, I think that, um, you know, to see more women becoming trained in manufacturing and um, coming into this industry is just outstanding. Well, it's it's not our grandfather's machine shop anymore. No, it's, it's not. It's not that grimy um, It's still a image. little grimy. It is. It is a little grimy, but it certainly is not what it used to be 20, 30, 40 years ago. So I think we have evolved as an, as an industry, and women are part of that evolution. Absolutely. And we, we embrace them coming in. We do. And, and actually, we're probably going to um, have some interviews on this podcast with some women in manufacturing. I look forward to that. So let's get to the podcast, which is... Episode 4, EP4. This is... Uh, we're living the dreaded recession right now. Living the recession, living the dreaded recession. So let's talk about that just briefly. H how do we feel? So we're in the middle of a recession. Things are tough. Things are painful. Things we're, we're concerned, but we're not going to go to the bar and have a drink. We're going to take action. We're going to try. Absolutely. Well, we're not going to try. We're going to do. What, what, is, what does Yoda say? I don't know. What does Yoda say? Um, do not try. Just do. Something like that. Something I'm, like I'm not that? quoting Yoda properly. Just keep going, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all there is to it. Just keep going. So we've got 10 points here to talk about what to do during the, the dreaded recession, living the dreaded recession. Number one, and I think that this is just the absolute most important thing that you can do. I mean, you know, just keep this top of mind. Pay attention to your cash flow. Totally. Agreed. Watch your cash flow like a hawk and know your numbers. Watch your numbers more often than you would have when things were good. I mean, you... Look at those financial statements. Look at those month. financial statements. Know what's coming in. Know what's going out. See and where you're bleeding out. Yes, absolutely. That's the first thing you have to hit right away. Absolutely. You find out where, the, where you're bleeding out, and that's the, your, your main call to action. Yeah, cash flow is going to kill you during a recession. And um, I would say cash flow kills you um, before the sales do. I mean, obviously, sales are, are very important, but you know, cash is king, as they say. So what do you think the number one most important thing to do is while you're in that recession? For you, Jason, as a manufacturer, what is your experience? Well, it, it related to um, cash flow, I would say you, you need to make projections and have a budget so that you can understand how your cash is leaving and, and how it's coming. Um, I, I think that that's the most important thing is to have a budget. And what do you think? Well. From my experience, the first thing that you absolutely have to do is is control labor. Labor in, in our business, labor is the number one most important aspect of cash flow. It's immediate. Your employees want to get paid every week or every other week. It's an immediate drain on your cash. So you absolutely have to address labor costs immediately if you're working overtime cut the overtime if you have some of those deadbeat employees that aren't doing anything for your company that they're just hanging on you have to let them go you have to uh, readjust and realign who are your important uh, stake keepers in the company who is really making money for your company and who, who can you afford to take along with you on this journey through the recession Absolutely. Um, is labor your biggest expense? Totally. 100%. So I think that's a good segue into point number two, which is talk to your staff early and be honest with them about what is going on. Don't stick your head in the sand. Don't pretend like you're not in a recession. Have a meeting. Talk to your staff. Be honest with them. 
most of the people working for you are not stupid. They right. understand what's going on. I was just going to add, all your employees know what's going on. They listen to the news at night. They know what their peers are doing. They know people are getting laid off. It's a painful, painful thing to go through to lay off people. Uh, believe me, I've had to do it before. It's not fun. But the truth of the matter is this is our businesses. And for our, us to sustain during this time, we have to make tough tough decisions. Yeah, your staff wants to help you. They're not they're right. not there to hinder your business. So you need to let them know what's going on and be honest with them. I agree. Point number 3 is related to point number 2, uh, but it is being honest with your partners. Especially if you're experience a recession where you know, let's just say you're in the I don't know, name name a industry segment that might be experiencing a recession that's automated outside. equipment. Okay, so if if automated equipment is not being purchased at that point in time and you're having like a little bit of recession within your industry, be honest with your partners because they might not know that you're experiencing a recession that is, you know, just within your industry. So they need to understand what's going on with with your company. I agree. When you, when you say, l let's define what you mean by your partners. Are you talking about your business partners? Are you talking about your vending partners? Are you talking uh, about with your, your peers? Are your all partners that are part of that whole piece of pie? I, I would say everybody. Uh, you know, start with your suppliers. And if you are um, experiencing a, re uh, a part of the recession in your industry that, you know, talk to your steel supplier. Talk to your tooling supplier. What talk, do you want me to tell them? Tell them that you are experiencing a recession that's not a national recession that is just within your particular industry segment and you might need some extra terms you okay. might need you just need to let them know okay. i think that they need to understand where you're at because i know we deal with a lot of different um industries so we we my company doesn't necessarily have we're, our customer base is very diversified but there are a lot of manufacturing companies that only sell to one segment and that particular segment could experience a recession that is not in the national news like you mentioned so if if you are in that position you need to talk to your partners point number four is to know your core competency that's a you, big one you need to know who you are i agree you need to stick to your business model bullet that one and make it bold because i could not agree more yeah you know where you make money, you know where your high margins are, but yet you're in that recession, your sales are down 20, 30, 40, 50%, but yet you know that industry that you're servicing is strong, you can make money. Stick with it, don't give up on it, but certainly don't go out to another new industry that you're speculative about, mm -hmm. that you, you, you may not be able to make money on it, you're just grasping at something to keep those guys in the shop working, unless you're absolutely confident that this particular industry is going to be strong for the future and you can make money on it, then do it. Otherwise, I would not do it. My dad always used to tell me, don't run the machine unless you're making money. Absolutely. And as we say here at Making Chips, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Point number five, minimize purchasing and reduce expenses. So I would say the first thing you need to ask yourself is, can you insource any of the services that, that you pay for right now? Can you clean your own toilets? Of course you can. Can you do your own deliveries? 
Of course. Sometimes absolutely. you can, um, sometimes you can't, but some, but you need to look at all of those expenses and saying, where can I, where, where can I shave some money? But I mean, what you have to find out is you have to know where, what, what are those big numbers? When you go through your financial statements, where are you bleeding the most? If it's that particular part of the financial statement that you're bleeding out on through purchases, you need to really attack that first and foremost. Is that automobile that one of your employees is driving, is that prudent? Is it cost effective to what they're doing? Maybe they don't need to be driving that Lexus. Maybe they would be better off driving something a little bit more prudent. Yeah. Some, something that's something, not... Yeah, more conservative. I don't drive absolutely. a Lexus. Right. I don't either, but um, some people do. And, uh, you know, it, it, and I'm just generalizing. You know what I mean? Uh, I think businesses need to know where, where the money's flowing out and need to attack that first. And again, it's a painful process. No one likes going through a recession. Tough decisions have to be made during that time. And you, you just have to be a big person enough to, to make the big decisions. Yeah, and, and I mentioned, you know, cleaning your own bathrooms. And, you know, you're not going to save a lot of money by cleaning your own bathrooms, obviously. Um, and it's going to be at the lower part of your, um, of your expenses. But, you know, I think there's two things here. It, you know, maybe it sends a message. You know, maybe it sends a message to your staff that says, we need to look at cutting some expenses. And if you're being honest with your staff about you know, what is going on and you ask them for help, they're gonna wanna help and they're gonna wanna look at all the expenses that you have because I guarantee that your staff knows more of uh, where you can save money than, than what you do. I agree. What's that next bullet point? Well, we already talked about this briefly, but it's minimizing your labor costs, especially looking at your, your overtime. So um, I think that the most important point to this is, is to, to take action sooner rather than later. Don't, don't wait. If, if you know you're in a recession, you've talked to your staff, they understand what's going on, they're looking for ways to reduce expenses, you need to let them know that overtime is, is, going, is going to be going away. I mean, if you don't need overtime, I know, I know there's a lot of people out there that really depend on overtime, but uh, when times get tough, it's better for everybody to you know, tighten up their belt than to, to have to lay people off. I agree, 100%. That, that is the num for me and my business, that is the number one thing. Number seven, realizing your capacity level. Right, well, you know, it, it, when times are good and you're at 80, 90, 100% of your capacity, and then you're, the recession comes in, customers slash the orders by 50%, and those machines are just sitting idle, it's not necessarily a bad thing if you don't have any debt on those machines, just don't, don't let them run. Just slow everything down. It's, 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 like, it's like a clock running. You wanna just slow everything down. You wanna get past it. You wanna, you wanna just start walking instead of running. Don't let that capacity level be important to you. Remember what you make money on and keep that mindset going forward. You want to be very selective on what jobs you're taking and putting in that shop. You just don't want to take anything that's questionable as far as margin-wise. Absolutely. And, and the eighth point is to negotiate with your banks. Um, typically, when we go into recession, and, and it's you know a national recession or an international recession, interest rates do go, go down, and there may be some leases on the books, um, some loans that have higher interest rates that, you know, when things were good, you really weren't paying as much attention to those rates. So look back at your, at your debt and say, where can I negotiate with my banks? And once again, do that early. Um, don't wait to do that. 
Right. You should be looking at that all the time, but particularly during a recessionary period. Absolutely. I'm not a banker, so I don't know, um, you know, exactly um, the best place to start, but certainly consolidating your loans might be one of them. Where can mm -hmm. you pay off some of your, your highest interest rate leases and, and, and take on a loan with your bank, if that's possible? Talk to your landlord. Maybe he can renegotiate the, uh, the rent. On, on your building. You read my my mind, and that is yeah. point number nine. Negotiate with your landlord. See? And if you're your own landlord, can you take a lower rent? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Don't bleed the business. Don't bleed the business. Yeah, I mean, um, certainly your landlord would rather you negotiate with, with him and for him to take a lower rate than, you know, to, for you to look for, for another facility. And, you know, I, if it was me, I would ask my landlord, is this building paid off? What can you do for me? Can you do something temporarily where maybe you lower, you know, if, if he's lowering it like a, like really below market rates, maybe you can make it up for him once the recession is over. Good point, Jason. And I, I think wrapping this up with point number 10, on a positive note, I think point number one and point number 10 are my two favorites. So point number 10 is capitalizing on opportunities. I know that for my company during the recession, we really looked at what opportunities were out there. So we saw competitors of ours that were struggling and I had a, a relationship with the owners of those companies or I opened up a dialogue with those companies and you know found out that there was an opportunity for us to bring them under the umbrella of my company and it made us stronger and it, it gave them um, was it an acquisition? Yeah, or? acquisitions, exactly. So, um, you know. So, yet we're in the middle of a recession. Things are really tough, and you're doing acquisitions with your peer competitors to gain new knowledge. Ga gain new knowledge, gain a. Um, new book of business, maybe get into a, um, into another, you know, customer segment. But how hard is it to buy out that customer that, how is it that competitor during a recession? If you're struggling with cash flow, how, how hard is it to make an acquisition? You have to be creative. Interesting. I, I, I think that, um, you know, that, that's a that's, good point. It, it, yeah. I think that this could be a whole nother, you know, podcast unto itself, but, but you need to be creative. And, and I think that, you know, people that are struggling are going to be willing to, um, negotiate and come to, you know, fair terms that are good for both parties. So that wraps up our 10 points for living the dreaded recession. Yeah. It's not fun guys. We all know it. If you've been there before, we, we know how painful it is. You get that gut feeling in your stomach and it, it's not fun, but um, just know that we're all in this together. We are. We are. And we're all um, part of the metalworking nation. Yeah. We're trying to help each other and just uh, give back some, some experience that we've, you know, we've lived through before and, and, and know that you're not alone. So that wraps up this episode. Yeah. Episode number four. Thanks for listening. Jason, did you want to talk about any uh, metalworking tools? <laughs> totally forgot about that. <laughs> so this doesn't wrap up this episode. <laughs> Let's get to metalworking tools. So I did come across, it, this is just, this is very recent. So Mazak just released a, or, or just released a press release for a hybrid metal 3D printer. It's the Integrix i400AM and I don't think that this is out in the market yet, but I mean, this looks state of the art combining 3d printing with a, um, what kind of, does it say what kind of metals it can? Cause it's additive. This is additive manufacturing, right? Is that what we're talking about? 
Yeah, so what it says is that it melts metal powder using fiber laser right. heat. Sure. And I don't know too many details on this. I mean, this was just released. I don't even think that, um, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I, um, Mazak had this at IMTS. Okay. Well, definitely, we all know 3D, 3D is, is coming into our industry. It is. It's inevitable. It's going to happen for, for us in, in machining. And it, it, it quite hasn't got there yet with regards to precision and technique. But th that, is a, that is pretty interesting information that yeah. Mazak is actually taking it by the, the leg and, and pulling it in. We want to hear your feedback. We want to know how we're doing. We want to know what you want to hear from us. We want, to know, we want to share our manufacturing experiences with you, the Metalworking Nation. So please give us some feedback. We, we, we'd love to engage. We're looking forward to 50 plus more episodes in the next uh, year. And we've got a lot of good stuff for you guys. So um, we're not stopping at 50 though. Well, no, but for the next year, we, we've got 50 in the queue. It's, it's all looking good. Uh, we're excited to uh, start on this new endeavor. And um, thanks for listening. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. I'm Jason Zenger. And, and I'm, Jim. To... I'm Jim Carr. Yes, you are. And welcome to episode five. Four. <laughs> Sorry. I was all screwed up. <laughs>